What's up, everybody? It's Zach here with a special episode of Clutch Crew Sports. Today, we are continuing the theme of having guests on our podcast, and we've got none other than our favorite friend, Aaron, from Something Like a Podcast. Aaron, we are really grateful to have you on our show today, and let the viewers know a little bit about yourself. Where can they find your content and your social medias, man? Well... Thank you guys for having me on your show, Finn the Start. I'm really a big fan of you guys. Um, they can find me on Twitter at Aaron Swarm, and they can find me on uh, Twitch, same thing, at Aaron Swarm, and then they can find me on Instagram, Aaron Swarm, under, uh, Aaron underscore Swarm. I, I don't know why they let me put it together, but it didn't. I do want to give a shout-out to my best co-host, uh, RM. He couldn't be here tonight. And then shout-out to you guys. Clutch Crew Sports to give me this opportunity to actually be on this show. And then OTH Heroics, you can find them on Twitter and follow their articles. They put, they tweet about them all the time. All right, so a little bit about myself. Panthers fan. Love my Panthers. Uh, I'm a Phillies fan. I follow baseball a little bit too. Klaus fan in hockey. Um, I'm just a sports fanatic. And I enjoy playing sports. I play sports. Else, like outside for fun, flag football, a little bit of baseball, etc. Very cool, man. Uh, this is a first for us. We've never been shouted out on our own podcast, so thanks for <laughs> thanks for that, man. <laughs> no problem, guys. I'm you know love you guys. Yeah, yeah. You guys are amazing. Yeah. yeah, and definitely you know I've never talked to RM before, but. I've listened to your guys' show a lot. Something like a podcast is on YouTube. You guys should all go subscribe to it. They put out great content. You and RM really have a great dynamic going on. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of listening to your guys' episodes. So it's too bad he can't be on, but definitely in the future we anticipate either joining your show as a guest ourselves or him also on our show as a guest. So uh, let's get started here, though. So. Aaron, we've got a couple questions for you to answer today before we get into our topic. So my first question for you is what made you and RM want to start up something like a podcast? <laughs> Great question, Neil, Zach. Um, all right, so him and I used to work in, at, at the place that we are and was. He quit, but I'm still there. But at the, at the same time, I met him and I'm like, yo, I got this idea. He's like, what is it? I was like, let's do a podcast, man. I'm like, I got this idea. I want to do it. I bought it with the, the idea. He came up with the concept. So it's not just only mine. It's, it's him yeah. and, I, and I. So we sit there. Then day one, we just we first start recording and then never look back. It was something that we both started up. We loved it. We was going over topics. What should we do? What should we not do? We just don't script them. Like, you guys got topics here and you script it? We don't. We just... What happens before we go on air, we just sit there and we talk about what happened that week or what happened in the world because a lot of people do some dumb, dumb stuff where you can definitely be able to have content. So, like, especially when I'm driving, I'm like, really? Like, dude, you just cut him off. Like, can you just slow down? You're, you're up my butt. Like, what, like, what's going on? And then we just just go from there and build from there. We throw sports into it. It's just, man, I like, it's live. Like, we just try to make it serious and informational as possible so the viewers and the listeners can learn something when they take away from our podcast. So that's what we love to do. Wow, man, that 
that makes me even appreciate you guys even more that you you guys just come up with this stuff like on the fly like i always just assumed that you guys like you know planned out what you were going to be discussing on your shows but the fact that you just improv it all like that that takes a lot of talent so that's that's pretty cool i didn't i did not know that actually i don't think uh i don't think eric and connor knew either but um, I thought it, I thought you at least had some idea, but you know, it was pretty <laughs> cool going live because I feel like if we were going live, we might have a lot of uh, missteps. We'd be like, yeah, for here? sure. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, I, I I took acting classes when I was 17 years old, so it's not really hard for me to go improv. Oh, it was okay. actually professional, so I again, I don't. It doesn't doesn't take me hard to go improv, but I love I love I love doing my show, man. That's great, man. All right, so my next question to you to you is, uh, what's your personal personal most memorable athletic moment? So we've asked this to a couple people, and we've got some kind of confusion on it. And you can answer it either way. You can answer it like as a fan or actually yourself as an athlete. So like something you've been a part of a sport where you had some highlight moment, or as a fan watching your team have a highlight moment. Oh, I have a lot of good highlight moments. I really do. I'm just trying to think on one of them. Oh, there we go. Flag football. I play. I play. I play with my friends, you know, outside. And I'm the kind of guy that would give up the body. Like I'm not skilled to go make a diving catch. I'm not skilled to go into traffic and go make that catch. So I, I do remember well. My friend, he threw it down low, and I went down and got it. Literally went down and got it. And remember, we had two hands underneath the ball and caught it. I just was out of bounds. That was the upsetting part. I was like, dang, just barely almost had it. Like, he looked off the safety and just gunned that thing right down below. And I just went down and got it. And it was, like, awesome. That's my most favorite. I got I got a lot of them, but that's one of the most, <laughs> most favorite memorable one that I like. I also that's... made a juggling catch going backwards on my butt. So I did that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's great man <laughs> uh all right so my next question is i know you guys talk about sports roughly half of the episode and then the other half are just random miscellaneous topics but if you were to make a, just a separate podcast and like concentrate on a specific theme what would you like to talk about in an, in a non-sports uh, passion hmm Good, good question though, Zach. Um, I would say maybe hmm, that's a good question. I'm trying to think. Oh, poor drivers in Delaware. They suck. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, no, honestly though, no. I know it's all all within serious. I I would say maybe uh, not drinking and driving. Basically, like it'd be informational what could happen, or actually drive like driving with your cell phone in your hand where you're not supposed to. I've seen that a lot. Well, I'm behind somebody, and you can tell the swerve, and you know they're on the phone because of, come on now, what are they doing, playing Tinley Winks? So it's like, come on now, you got to figure that out. So, <laughs> it was, so, so we're sitting there. Uh, <laughs> you guys got me cracking up. So <laughs> You got me so, cracking up. <laughs> so, I, so I would say be more informational with with, uh, with being life things because my um, quick story, I, my uncle almost experienced a life-death situation. Well, this woman – was reaching for a phone, hit into a box truck, and he almost ended up in the back of that box truck. A woman ended up dying that day, sadly. Uh, hopefully, she rests in peace. Um, but that that just goes to show you that you should put your phone down. A text is not important as you're put as you're driving. Now, Bluetooth in my car, so if somebody does call me, 
I don't touch my phone. I just operating with on the steering wheel. I'm not hands free. So I, sh- you know, with that, just be more, more informational about life and, you know, and just be safe basically. Wow, man. Like I didn't expect us to get a PSA on the show here today, but there you go. <laughs> don't text and drive. Don't drink and drive. Be a, be a safe driver guys. That's, that's what Aaron would like to podcast about if he were to go off of something like a podcast and make his own thing. All right. Uh, it's a little, so a little hit on uh, Zach's, you know, living Zach and Eric from Florida. Don't be like a Florida driver because I've seen some horrible ones up in North Carolina. So. <laughs> oh, it's, dude, it's terrible in Victoria, dude, where I live. Like I see people on, I see people like I can see them through their windows on the phones all the time. They're, oh yeah. They're, they're dude, they're, and they're just, bad drivers in general here like if you're listening to this and you live in victoria like you know what i'm talking about (laughs) (laughs) it's really interesting like there's different dynamics of different regional places in this country where like i feel like a lot of times like it's bad drivers everywhere but like there's different styles of bad drivers like you get the rude new yorkers you know blasting their horn and flipping y'all flipping everybody off like and then you get like the just dumb drivers and stuff. Then you get the slow drivers. Like it's like <laughs> this actually could be something you could that, podcast that's about. That's <laughs> yes, we could. Uh, yeah, up near Appalachian State, like the ones from North Carolina up there are the rude kind, and then the ones from Florida are the dumb ones. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, and I don't. I know we don't want to spend too much more time on this topic, but the worst thing about the drivers in victoria is it's like they don't know how to park their cars in parking spaces mm. it's like that they're i constantly see people taking up two spaces i'm like come on dude like we're not asking you to parallel park here you just park in the single space come on <laughs> <laughs> oh, triggering <man>. anyway <laughs> so we, we know how you feel about delaware drivers but what's the what's the sports scene like in delaware because it's a state that i am a a little bit familiar with because I have an aunt that lives in Delaware. Uh, she's lived there for like five years or so. Shout out to Aunt Hope if you're listening to this. Uh, but I'm just curious, like, what's the sports scene like in Delaware? Like, what types of sports do people like to watch there? What teams do they root for? Is it a big sports state or is sports just kind of like an afterthought where you live? Honestly, it's more of a retirement place where you go to just to uh, hang it up. Uh, but at the same time, there was more more Eagles fans that I have that I have seen because all my friends are Eagles fr- uh, are Eagles fans, and I'm like, really? They're, and I'm the only lone Panthers fan, so it's like, uh, uh, and it's like you know, crickets in the background. But but on, but on that note, is I do come across Ravens fans on occasion, especially where I work at, and but at the same time, it's not a lot though, because either they're from Maryland you know baltimore area so i'll say more like 58 60 percent eagles fans here or philly fans in general with any kind of sport yeah and then more and it's more of a football town that i have noticed there's also baseball hockey it's like you could go either way depending on you know depending on who you are and what you like i have another quick question for you on that this isn't just because i'm a steelers fan but i just Mm want to know like how many uh, Steelers fans you see because I know when I look at like maps of like fans and everything obviously you're not quite there but I know West Virginia somehow is like super full of Steelers fans I that's know, shocking 
Delaware is not like super close to there, but like you know, it's close. I don't know how many of those do you see, or like, have you seen any of them? I had one friend that I went to college with that that was an eagle, uh, was a Steelers fan. Excuse me, was a Steelers fan. But other than that, I haven't really came across many other than other than you, Connell. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't live in Delaware either. <laughs> no, but... no. I, I live closer to Charlotte, North Carolina, than he does. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's weird how that works. <laughs> All right. So that thank you, Aaron, for answering those questions, man. Uh, that was a lot of fun talking about those answers that you had. But we will get now into the bulk of the episode, and our first topic that we've got here is actually like an inspiration from your guys' podcast back like a month ago, maybe I asked a question about, will Damian Lillard ever win a championship in Portland? And you guys answered that question and said, no, it pained me to agree with you, but I, I do agree with you that he probably will not win a ring in Portland. And so it got me thinking, like, you guys were also talking about this too. You were, Aaron, on that episode, you were like, He's just chasing the money. He's, you know, he wants this huge contract and he he should really be, you know, searching for a ring. And then there's the whole other dynamic dynamic though of like staying loyal to the team that drafted you and the team that you started with. So, I'll just pose this question like for any athlete, but I'm just going to start talking about Lillard because he's he's definitely my favorite NBA player, so Actually, I oh shoot, I totally forgot about this, guys. But uh, before I go to Damian Lillard, um, I do want to. Yeah, no, no, I I totally forgot about this. I got so wrapped up in Aaron's Q and A. But we do have a New Year's Madden tournament starting, so this is gonna start in January. So there's there's time here. We're not starting this right away, but basically, it's a free to enter tournament tournament. And it's probably going to be single elimination, but you're going to get a random team assigned to you. If you want to donate, there's a link right there to our anchor site where you can donate. And that allows for you to get extra spin so that you can prevent yourself from getting the dolphins or something like that. If you have an extra spin. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So you can, if you get an extra spin, you'll get two teams and then you get to pick which one you want out of those two teams. Uh, just a couple little rules and stuff. You have to have Madden 20 on PS4. That's how we're going to play this. No Xbox. Sorry, uh, Xbox. Yeah, sorry, Nate. Uh, and then also you must show proof of following Clutch Crew Sports on any of our sites that we're on, so YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Those are the three biggest, but any site that Clutch Crew Sports is on, if you're following, just send us a screenshot or something that you're following us, and you can enter. And then just message me your PlayStation name. And then the cool thing about this tournament is the winner at the end is going to get a $15 PlayStation gift card. So it's a free to enter tournament. So there's no, you know, buy-ins or anything like that. It's it's totally free uh, unless you want to donate and get an extra spin. But that's uh, something upcoming to think about, guys. And there's a max of 32 spots. So we've got five filled already. And... Yeah, you will Get have your to go spot for it. Go. You want that gift card? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Wait. Question. Can't. Since since Zach is providing the gift card, if Connor or I win, do we get the gift card? Yeah. Yes. 
Oh, y'all are going down. <laughs> oh, you want that? Like... <laughs> you want that way... rate for guys? Yeah. <laughs> the only way, the only way nobody's getting the gift card is if I win the thing. But I don't think I'm gonna win it. Uh, but I, I hope I do. If you but... win, will you buy yourself a gift card? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I will. I will just for the memes. <laughs> he wouldn't uh, just show you, Eric. He would. He's like, look, right, Eric, look, what, look right. what I got. <laughs> I'll let that get back to the topic at hand. Yeah, I'll, yeah, no, I'll no, quit no, asking no these goofy questions. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a little un- unexpected segue there, but so I wanted to talk about Damian Lillard, and I actually all these screenshots and stuff are just uh, I got this just this morning, right when I woke up, I saw that there was a lot of stuff on Damian Lillard's Instagram and the Trailblazers Instagram. I was like, huh, what's what's this? And they he wrote a long article on the Players' Tribune, which is basically a media outlet where actual athletes write their content and post it there. So he wrote a big, long article, basically, on his, like, story. And I think it was called Loyalty Over Everything is the title of it. And he talked a a lot about, like, his upbringing in Oakland. Um, But mainly from this the part of the article that I want to focus on is his loyalty stuff. So I'll read to you guys a couple of the screenshots here. Uh, he said, bruh, not being a top five guy was the best thing that ever happened to me. Thank God I didn't go one, two, three, four, five, because who is at six Portland, my city, my people. So, I mean, it's pretty crazy. Like how this guy, I'm not sure if he's the longest tenured player on a team on a single team, but he's got to be up there at the top of the list because he's been in Portland for quite a while now. And here's a lot, there's a lot more screenshots I've got here. So I'll just kind of summarize this. So the one on the left is talking about his AAU experience in Oakland. Actually, that's, um, okay. I'm not sure. Yeah. Oakland high. So he was talking about also in the players tribune article about how like, he basically he didn't like have he didn't join like a fancy AAU team. He basically did it with like his local guys. Like he didn't go out of his way. He didn't like move to like the the good guys team or whatever. He just like he did his dirty work with his guys that he was in the, his neighborhood with. And he got all these offers from these small schools. Um Weber State was the one that he got his first offer from and then ended up going there which they're like a really small school. And he was, and then also he said the North Carolinas weren't seeing me. The Dukes weren't seeing me. It was all mid to low majors. So like he's got, you know, experience of being overlooked. And then what he says here, I'm saying you think you have no, you know how deep this goes, but you have no idea when I say that I will never ever switch up on the city of Portland. I mean what I say when I say that I will never ever switch up on this organization, I mean what I say. Okay, I think he got a little redundant there, <laughs> but <laughs> just, a bit, just, a just a little bit redundant on writing that. But you get the point. And then he's like, he he admitted like they might switch up on me because of business reasons, but he's saying he will never leave. He's not going to ask for a trade request. He's not going to, you know, sign with the Lakers or anything like that. And then he also like he takes pride in that because he. You know, the Trailblazers as a franchise haven't had a lot of success. Like, he was like, we hadn't won a playoff series since 2000 before he got there. 
there was all the injury curse with the top draft picks that they'd gotten back. And then also no, you know, no legend has stayed in Portland their entire career. They always leave somewhere else. And there's just a lot of stuff in here. And then this one um, was like, I'm going to bring a ring to the city or go down swinging. So that like goes into the whole, you know, ring chasing versus staying loyal versus money thing. Like to me, my honest to God, like knowledge of Damian Lillard, I think he's genuinely wants to be in Portland. I think he genuinely thinks he can win a ring in Portland. And to him, it's about staying loyal to the teammates he's got. And it's not about going and chasing a ring and getting an easy ride to a championship like Kevin Durant did. He's kind of like the opposite of Kevin Durant. So while by default he gets a lot of money from staying in Portland, to me, I think it's more about him being loyal. And I appreciate that. Like, even if they never went, even if Portland never wins a championship, like him being in Portland, if he stays there his entire career, if they don't trade him or anything like that, I think he's going to be the best Portland Trailblazer of all time. Like I, I think athletes ring chasing is not the only thing, uh, but I've talked enough here. What do you guys think uh, on the subject? With well, players before, any, before anybody yeah. else answers really quickly, I wanted to answer what you said before about like, you know, him being the longest tenured in the NBA. He's currently the fourth longest okay. with one team yeah. behind um, Steph Curry, John Wall, and yeah. Tristan Thompson. The first two I would have thought, but Tristan Thompson, Tristan Thompson? that threw me for a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he's, he's been with the Cavaliers his whole career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Aaron, what's your Aaron, what's your take on? I wanted to hear from you. Like I wanted you to be the first rebuttal yeah. on this after hearing what Zach said. So I do agree with with part of what what uh, Damian's saying, but at the same time, the Portland Trailblazers doesn't care about you. It's it's every major sport nowadays is a business. So it's 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 all about them. It's not about you. So I feel at the end of the day, we all know what happened to. DeMar DeRozan in, in Toronto. He didn't negotiate no other team. They re-signed him, and at the end of the day, they stick it to him and send him to San Antonio, San Antonio for uh, Ka- Ka- Kawhi Leonard. That's when they won the championship last year. So I would say staying loyal to you, to your team is, is, is bull because of the fact is that they don't get, they don't care. They just, they're just trying to win, knowing that the Trailblazers ain't going to go nowhere because of, they're just such a so small market team. They, it's all about money, unfortunately, and I, and I hate to say that. I, I'm the, I'm the kind of fan that's a love for the game. I don't like this biz, this business aspect in sports. It should be about your talent, about you play the game from the heart. Yeah, you're going, you're going to get paid, but it doesn't matter. Money ain't everything. So I'll say the ring is more important. Than, than actual money and staying loyal because at the end of the day, your team is not going to give a crap about you. It's, they're looking out for them. It's a business. They're looking out for themselves. So at the end of the day, if they feel like they got to cut you loose because of that, they're going to cut you loose. They don't care if you're the all-time leading scorer. So that's my take on this situation when it comes to Damian Lillard. He shouldn't have not took that money. I mean, my thing when it comes to, like, staying loyal versus money is that, like, I mean, I have to agree with Aaron about the fact that it's all a business in sports now. I mean, and also, if Damian Lillard is, like, 100% serious that he is 
you know, wanting to stay loyal to the Trailblazers, and he is he's a diamond in the rough. I mean, because I don't see that from any player anymore in any sport. I mean, maybe in the NHL, because they don't get paid as much money, but, like, especially in the MLB, the NFL, and the NBA, players want to win championships. They don't care as much about, you know... I mean, they, they want money. I think in the NFL, it's more so about money. I think in the NBA these days, it's more ring chasing because you see these players teaming up, you know, like Kawhi and Paul George, Anthony Davis and LeBron, um, you know, all these team ups that we've seen this year. Players are wanting to go win championships. They're not as concerned about money. Like if they get lowballed, kind of like Kemba Walker did with the Hornets, then they're going to leave. But I mean, again, like Kemba Walker. I can use him as an example. He, when he came out and they were talking about like, oh, what's your plan for the off season? Where are you going to go? And he said, my heart is in Charlotte. Like I want to stay in Charlotte. And I get that Michael Jordan lowballed him with the offer, but as soon as he got lowballed, Kemba was like, I'm out. Bye. Like, okay, well, clearly you weren't that loyal to start with. If all of a sudden, you know, just because you get one bad offer, you're like, I'm gone. Like screw this place. I'm going somewhere else. So. I feel like the loyalty is just so rare now. And like I said, in the NFL, it seems to be more about money now with, you know, we talked about this on a previous episode about, you know, these players being these ridiculous contracts. And, you know, again, the same with like, you know, Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, like they both, I heard from them a whole lot throughout the course of their career that Pittsburgh, especially Bell, maybe not as much Brown, but Bell saying like Pittsburgh is where I want to stay. Like, I, I love Pittsburgh. This is my home. You know, I, I don't want to leave here. But then as soon as they start not getting the money that they want, or with Brown, it was not getting the ball. But with Bell, it was not getting the money. He was like, I'm out. Bye. I don't want to be here anymore. I want a better contract. So it seems like when these players come out and talk about loyalty, it's all just a bunch of BS to make the people like them better. So like I said, if Damian Lillard is really true about that, then he is he's a diamond in the rough. <laughs> yeah, this is such a like tricky topic and situation because it's it's like you if you're a player you, you want to have the mentality of like wanting to go win a championship but then you also want to be loyal but then you also want to get the most money so it's like it ultimately comes down to each individual athlete which thing is the most important to them but if there's anything that like irks me more in sports it's when players go ring chasing like obviously the goal in any sport at the end of the day is to win the championship. But when you're, you know, like Anthony Davis and you're like, Oh, I, I demand to be traded to the Lakers. So I want to play with LeBron. Like that's such obvious ring chasing. And I don't really like that type of stuff. And I don't really respect players when they do that. So I respect Damian Lillard for staying loyal, but also in the NBA really like, if you're an NBA player and money is what you truly care about, then staying loyal to the team is the best thing to do because the way the NBA contract structures work when you're up for a contract extension, the team that you're currently on is able to offer you a longer deal and more money per year than any other team out there. So and I, I believe in Damian Lillard's mind, like in this specific example, I do believe that he truly feels that he can win a championship with Portland. I do agree with Zach and Aaron, though, that 
I don't think he will. But in his mind, it's like the perfect scenario of all three because he feels like he's chasing a ring, staying in Portland, he's staying loyal, and he's making the most money that he can possibly make. So, you know, good for him there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, um, hey. yeah, it's it's such a tricky subject because I mean, you know, Aaron brought up a you know, great point about you know all of these sports being a business, but I feel with Damian Lillard's instance though that it's a little bit different than say like the DeMar DeRozan situation because Damian Lillard is a top ten talent in the NBA. Like unless unless he just starts regressing completely out of nowhere, Portland is not gonna trade him. And I do feel like Portland even showed a loyalty to him because they, when they offered him that big extension, you know, they offered him a four-year deal. They didn't say, well, we'll give you a two-year deal or, you know, a one-and-one or something. Like, they gave him a full four-year extension, and I think that showed on loyalty on both ends. But that is such a rare thing to see a team be loyal to a player and a player be so loyal to a team. So... I like the Damian Lillard situation. I, I've, as I mentioned in our Q and A episode, Portland's a team I kind of low key. They're not my favorite team, but they're a team I kind of root for on the down low. So, I, I would be happy if Damian Lillard won a ring one day with Portland. Will it happen? I don't think so, but you never know, man. Yeah, I agree with you there, Eric. All right, so we'll move on now to our next topic. Uh, this one is inspired by Aaron. Obviously, being a Panthers fan, Aaron, do you think Ron Rivera should have been fired? No, I do not. And here's why. I feel like even though our season was lost, well, Ron Rivera didn't have the actual pieces for, for this year. He lost his star quarterback in Cam Newton. So what do you have? Undrafted rookie that only had one start prior to this year. So he was kind of he was kind of thrown underneath the bus with that. So that's not his fault knowing that David Templeman, not Templeman, Temper, decided to go ahead and let him go. Big mistake. I feel that we're going to regret that in the long run because it doesn't be no defensive-minded coach like Ron Rivera. I feel that he shouldn't have got a chance to complete this season. Four games left. You know we're out of the playoffs. We're not going to the playoffs this year. We're battling for a top in the top 10 pick. So let him go. I disagree with that. It's going to bite us unless we get a good coach that knows what they're doing defensively because defense wins you championships. That's how I feel about it. Uh, but I like, just like I said, is I just wish they didn't let him go. He's been there for almost 10 years. The man deserved loyalty from the Carolina Panthers, which we were just talking about. So, again, it brings up it's he did it for himself. It's a business. So that talking about it, it's frustrating at the same time that you didn't give him the benefit of the doubt, knowing that your star quarterback's been injured for the last two to three seasons. So with them letting him go like that, they're going to regret it. And I'm just it's, – it's, it's frustrating because you're not going to get nobody to be the Ron Rivera guy. So whoever picks Ron Rivera up, they got a dominant in the rough because I'm telling you, he gets another opportunity. He's going he's gonna to make he's gonna make my team pay big time. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so uh, I really wanted to hear what you had to say about this because I – before I heard your argument, I kind of agreed with you. I thought it was a little premature, but – this new owner for the Panthers, I've heard people have compared him and said that he is the next Jerry Jones. So I'm not surprised that he's making these 
big bold moves and stuff like that. They're like if he is truly the next Jerry Jones, like I I've, I'm worried for your your team, Aaron. But all of these other guys chime in. <laughs> well, I mean, I was agreeing with Aaron about that. It was way too early for them to fire Ron Rivera. I mean, I've been hearing it all along for the past like five years from Steelers fans that we need to be firing Mike Tomlin and blah 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 blah. Mike Tomlin sucks. We haven't won a Super Bowl <laughs> since 2008, and I'm like, the dude like never had a losing has yet to have a losing season. And so, I mean, the thing with Ron Rivera, it's one of those things that I always go back to with Tomlin too. Is like, who else are you gonna find? Like, you have this coach that you know they have multiple playoff appearances under him. They have a Super Bowl appearance under him. I mean, he's the one who's he's built this team. He brought in, you know, they drafted Cam Newton. He brought in was helping to bring in like Greg Olson and, you know, get Luke Keekley and all these other players like that was all him. Like he's been there for a long time. And so and to all of a sudden, because, again, like Aaron said, you know, your star quarterback goes down and you've got this rookie starting in the game who, you know, we don't know how well he's going to do. And you got these other problems on offense. And so it's like. Why well, fire him? I, I don't know who you're going to go get as a new coach. I mean, I'm sure there's probably somebody out there they're looking at. You know, maybe they're looking at one of these college coaches. Who knows? But it's it just seems like why? Until you start having like a consecutive string of losing seasons where it's like, okay, now maybe it's time to move on. Like we know he's not working out anymore. He he deserved better from the organization. <laughs> For me, I just, I honestly don't even really know how I feel about it because I guess my take was I felt like they should have fired him, but, you know, I guess I didn't really think about taking into effect, like, how, not just with this year, but in the last couple of years, you know, two, three seasons, like, how often Cam has been injured and how that has ultimately made an impact on that team so that could have definitely been a big difference but I'm not as passionate as in the subject as like Aaron and Connor are but I don't know I mean it, it is going to be a tricky situation because I really like Connor's point you know who else are you going to be able to get that's better than him you know what I mean I I don't know we'll see but yeah, I guess I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have too much. I don't have too much. To <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, this next one is another Aaron focused question. So he, he brought this question up to me. Is Josh Allen legit is the question. And I'll do I'll answer my part of this. I really don't know. I to be honest, I don't follow the Bills much. So I haven't watched many Bills games. I don't know if he's legit or not. So I I just don't feel qualified enough to answer this, but um, I know Connor follows the Bills kind of closely, so I'll let him give his take on this. I mean, I think it's too early to tell if he's legit or not. I will say he's made some really good strides. I mean, considering back in week three, I think it was, when they played the Patriots, you know, he had four interceptions in that game. And, I mean, since then, the guy's only thrown two interceptions. So... And I know the Bills right now, they're pretty much being carried by the fact that they have a really good, you know, one of the top defenses in the leagues, in the league. And, you know, they haven't played too tough of a schedule. So, I mean, it's another thing that I think uh, next year is probably going to be 
an indication, like, for sure, is this guy, is he the long-term future for the Buffalo Bills, or is he not? Because, I mean, I will say for his sake that the fact that he's looking a lot better in his sophomore year is really good for him and really good for the Bills. Because if you look at some of the other quarterbacks from that draft class, I mean, obviously Lamar Jackson's looking like MVP right now, so he's, you know, kind of like, he's grown more than Josh Allen has, but if you look at, like, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen, like, none of those guys... I mean, Baker Mayfield's looked worse, and, you know, Sam Darnold really hasn't improved at all. So at least the fact that he's showing that improvement is a good sign for the Buffalo Bills. But I do think it's too early to say whether he's legit or not and, like, you know, if he's going to be the future of the Bills. But next year, for sure, is going to be the indication. So, Aaron, do you have opinion on, do you have an opinion on this subject? I do, because I do got Josh Allen on – on my fantasy squad this year, he's been my starter going after I released Baker after Baker was crapping the bed a lot this year until all of a sudden he started doing something. But anyways, going back to what Connor was saying, I agree with Connor 100% that you can't always, you know, you can't tell right now. I think he could be the future of the Bills if they get him a better offensive line because the guy's mobile. For somebody that's, what, 6'3", 6'5", 6'4", yeah, whatever, one of them. <laughs> One, they're six three, six four. The guy's mobile. He's tall. He's like he reminds me a little bit of Cam. He has a little stronger arm than Cam, in my opinion. Uh, he he can he can move with his with his legs. It's just the offensive line. Can he get better weapons? Can he get like I said, better offensive line? Can he just get people around him to throw the ball to? Because Cole Beasley's not bad, but he's not a number one. They really don't have a true number one in Buffalo. I think if they get a true number one, maybe number two, he could really blossom. He really got potential there. I've seen his throws from going back to Wyoming. The dude could be legit, but it depends on can he take the college level to the NFL level. And like Connor was saying, we're going to see what's going to happen next year. What's the Buffalo Bills going to do in the offseason? They're going to dress the offensive line or are they going to dress the receiver because they got a they got a darn good defense there in Buffalo. And it's going to it's going to determine on how they address the team in the offseason and if can Josh Allen take that next step to be possibly next Tom Brady, next Aaron Rodgers, next Alex Smith when Alex Smith was on his peak. So, putting the nail, that's it's the joy still out. So, I totally agree with that. Okay. All right. It's a wait and see, but trending upward is the vibe I'm getting here. Yes. Which I, which I agree with. Uh, all right. So, the next topic I've got here, you know, kind of in honor of something like a podcast. We just have all these something like a podcast references, but they're needed. <laughs> Um, so I wanted to put in a life topic sort of thing so we really don't do this too often we just usually do all sports I mean that's in the name of our podcast but the life topic question that I've got here is uh it's kind of a two-parter it's have you guys done Black Friday slash Cyber Monday shopping yourselves and do you think it's caused people to like overspend and buy unnecessary items like do you think it's a good thing or bad thing and I've got a couple little things here to show up on the screen so this uh this past black friday was the second largest online sales day from last year i guess was the largest with 7.4 billion dollars being spent which is insane you can't even comprehend how much 7.4 billion dollars is but it was that's how much was spent in one day and there's a picture here i got a meme it says, uh, someone pooped in the fitting rooms once on purpose, like there was just a pile of solid turds on the carpet. 
Like, <laughs> what, in the world? what the heck? What the heck is wrong with people? And it's man? showing it's showing like a like a crowded store with a bunch of people probably panicking and everything like that. So I'll I do have one Black Friday experience that's memorable. This was a couple of years ago. I went with my parents and my sister, and I forget the place where it was. I I don't remember. It wasn't like Walmart or Target, but it was like it was like a Ashley Home Furniture maybe or something like that. I don't even know. It was like some random. Maybe it was like a Sears or like a Belk. I don't I don't know. I'm not gonna try and keep guessing. <laughs> Those are two very different stuff. stores, Zach. I know they're very different. But it, it was like I just want to give. I just want to let people know it wasn't Walmart or Target. Um, yeah, so it, and we all went, and I just kind of tagged along, I wasn't getting anything there, I was just kind of, like, tagging along, like, okay, I'll, you know, spend some time with you guys here, and we get to the place, and it's like this picture here, it's, like, that's how many people are in this place, and I'm like, oh my god, and it's the night after, it's the night of Thanksgiving, too, it's not even Black Friday yet, it's, like, it's 9 or 10 p.m., and, it was so bad, man. I had such a terrible experience because, like, I wasn't even shopping or anything, but my parents were like, you know, you should probably – or I actually, on my own, I thought of this. I was like, okay, if I just dilly-dally around with them because they took forever to shop. Like, I don't know why it took them so long to get what they needed, but they took their sweet time to get what they wanted. And so I basically just saved a spot in line, and the line was, like, wrapped around the store through aisles and shit. Like, it was everywhere in line. And – it was such a long experience. I had nothing to do. My phone died, so that made it even worse. But um, I was just so bored, and it was it was just maddening to me. Like I actually went, I actually took a uh, picture. I don't think I have the picture anymore, but it was like a picture of all these people like obsessing over this item. I don't I forget what the item was exactly, but it was like I took a picture. They weren't they didn't know they were being photographed, but it was like. It's kind of funny, like, how obsessed people were with this item. Like, they had, like, the face, like, this girl that was here in this picture. Like, that's what they were looking at, the item. Like, um, it was just crazy to me. But I haven't gone to censor it. Actually, no, I have, but I haven't gone to anything quite that crazy because I went to Walmart this Black Friday to get a new PlayStation microphone because my old one was messing up a lot. So that was the only thing I got. And it was a positive experience. Like, it wasn't... There was nothing bad about that experience, but to me in general, I kind of think the whole Black Friday thing is like the antithesis of Thanksgiving, and the fact that now it's like on the same day as Thanksgiving too, because like Black Friday now starts Thursday night on Thanksgiving, it kind of like defeats the whole meaning of Thanksgiving, like you're going out spending a whole bunch of money for yourself i think a lot of people spend it for themselves um you you know it's not something that's like a thanksgiving value to do and it starts on the same day as thanksgiving now so instead of like being with your family it's like a pressure it's like a societal pressure to go follow the masses and be a part of this swarm Aaron Swarm. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I love it. I love it, Zach. I love it. <laughs> I just thought of that. Um, That's good. Yeah, That's good. Yeah, thank you, thank you. But it's got, there's so many problems to this. I mean, like, aside from the whole point where, like, you know, marketers and stuff, I know you're big into marketing, Aaron, but, like, 
like it has such an impact on these people that like they feel like they have to buy stuff like like I just feel like people when they go into these stores like I I feel like I'm a little bit stronger than this but like because I only walked out with one thing at Walmart when I needed one thing but I feel like a lot of times people are just gonna like cave into this they see oh a tv that's 30 percent off let me throw it in my car like it's just like crazy to me and they don't they're like i don't even need a tv but i'm gonna get it like that's i think (laughs) black friday um and also too another thing i didn't even mention but like these retail workers and stuff like i know it's terrible for them like my grandpa used to work at a target and he absolutely hated it uh, because he would have to go into work after like Thanksgiving dinner, like they were closed in the afternoon, but then they opened at night. And he was just like, he told me so many like horror stories. He worked at Target, and he it was like, he was telling me all this crazy stuff that people were doing and stuff. He was like, he couldn't handle it. Like he just he could not handle it. But of course they make everybody work because it's the busiest day of the year. But to me, it's kind of like. It all just goes back and just kind of defeats the whole meme of Thanksgiving to me. But I want to hear your guys' thoughts on it. If you guys got any stories like I have. I mean, I've never really done Black Friday shopping. I mean, I'll go because some places keep their Black Friday deals until later. So I'll go later, which, you know, some to some extent that reduces the uh, amount of merchandise I can get. Like if I go to GameStop you know, and they have deals on, like, new games. I generally can't find, the like, one game that I wanted. Like, I remember this year I went to, like, kind of right after Black Friday, I went to, um, I think it was, I went to a mall, uh, like, here in North Carolina, and I went to the GameStop there looking for Mortal Kombat 11 because, you know, GameStop has the deal, like, new games for twenty nine ninety nine every year on Black Friday. And, yeah, it was sold out. So it didn't matter what console it was for, it was sold out. So... You know, but I've never wanted to experience what goes on on Black Friday. Like, I'm just not about doing that. <laughs> I've seen it, like, all over the news and everything. And, you know, like what Zach was mentioning, I just don't want to deal with that. So what I do is that every year I'll, like, get one or two things. I'll go on Amazon for Cyber Monday, and that's what I'll do. Because it just seems so much easier to me. Like, you don't have to go to the store and... You can get it in two, if you have Amazon Prime, you can get it in two days. So, and, you know, the deals are still really good. And I feel like, I think, kind of like what Zach was talking about with, you know, people when they're going through the store and they see like, oh, a TV is 30% off, I'll just throw that in my cart. Like, I feel like it's easier to control yourself when you're online because you're you're actually having to search for stuff when you're online, like, mm-hmm. you know, scroll through and maybe even type something in. Whereas if you're in the store and you're just walking past stuff, it's, you know, like when you're at the grocery store, people go into the grocery store looking for one thing, but then they come out with a whole cart full because they're like, oh, well, I need that and I need that and blah, 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 blah. So if you're actually there, I think it's a lot more tempting. Whereas if you're online, you know, just shopping on Amazon, I think it's easier to control yourself. So, but I would, I do agree with Zach. I do, I do think it destroys the purpose of Thanksgiving because I actually, one night on Thanksgiving, my dad usually... He doesn't do this anymore, but we used to, like, deep fry a turkey. And so we were out of oil, and we needed more oil. Well, since I didn't go out until 4.30, all the grocery stores were closed. So I had to go to Walmart to get this oil. And, like, here I am at Walmart not realizing that Black Friday is about to start in, you know, an hour. And I go and grab the oil. 
And I'm standing in this, like, long line. I'm just like, man, this sucks. Like, I'm never going to get out of here. We're never going to get this turkey. <laughs> and so, and the turkey. Turkey. It, it, it turkey. Took, yeah. It literally took someone, one of the workers at Walmart, probably about, like, half an hour to 45 minutes to actually walk up to me and say, like, oh, are you just getting that? I'm like, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm just getting this oil. I'm like, oh, well, I can go and check you out. Everybody else is waiting for Black Friday. I'm like, bruh, <laughs> oh my God. help me out here. So, I mean, yeah, and that wasn't even, you know, all the, you know, most of the craziness. So just that little bit of craziness was enough for me. Like, I'm never doing that. Yeah, personally, I 100% agreement with Zach and Connor here. I mean, I hate Black Friday shopping. I hate the concept of it i don't i don't care how good the deal is i'm not gonna go wait outside a store for three hours you know it's not i'm in south texas so it's not you know always cold but a lot of times like thanksgiving it will be cold like i'm not gonna sit out in the freezing cold weather you know when i lived in florida like where our family is i'm not gonna be like hey sorry guys uh i'm not coming to thanksgiving dinner because I want. I want to go sit outside in the Walmart parking lot for three hours and watch TV. So I'm not going to be there to eat turkey and watch football and catch up with y'all because this TV is more important to me. Like I, I just I despise it. I I've only done it once. I did it actually. Zach and Connor. I did it with our grandma a long time ago. Like I was. Don't go like, shopping with our grandma. Oh my god. I was probably. Like, <laughs> was probably That's your first mistake. <laughs> Oh my Grandma, god. I'm sorry for these comments you were hearing. <laughs> no, we love when, you. When I went with her, it wasn't as bad because I was probably this was probably like twenty years ago. Oh, that's so hard to say. I feel old, but um but Black Friday wasn't anywhere near what it is now back like back then. I mean there were still a good amount of people and everything, but you know, like what if you're watching on YouTube, like this picture that you see on you get the screen that Zach has up, like it, it was nothing like this, you know, like it was mostly just a few people like, Oh, I want to get a good deal. And that's all it was. But now, you know, so like back, if it was still like it was back then, I'd maybe consider doing it. Cause plus at that time it didn't actually start until Friday, but with it being like, it's like every year it gets like an hour earlier. Now we're at the point where it's like, Oh, Thursday at four o'clock in the afternoon and you can come. I'm like, that's literally like when people should be, eating their turkeys and stuff like this is not the time to be having a store open up and this is why thanksgiving dinner is getting earlier and earlier in the day yeah i mean and i usually i like to eat my food early but i know for most people like you know they like to wait till mid to late afternoon to eat but i and and zach brought up a great point too man i mean i just i don't know how people work in the retail business especially that time of year because I would just go crazy if people were like fighting each other for a TV or fighting each other for the last Elsa doll or like, you. you know, whatever, <laughs> you know, like I just, I feel so bad for people that have to deal with that. I, I couldn't do it. I have respect for them for being able to do it, but I don't know how they do it, man. I just, Thanksgiving should be with your family. You shouldn't be spending a bunch of money. I just, I'm not a big fan of it. Aaron, what are your what are your uh, thoughts on this topic? So I agree 200% with, with everybody here about what you guys are saying. So I work in retail, so I totally understand. 
So, but the retail that I work at, I don't have to worry about a TV being thrown into the car in the back of the car. So, <laughs> I have my first, because I've never been in retail. I've only been in retail for going on two years now. So, my first year, my first Black Friday last year, it was crazy. You want to talk about somebody running around with the head cut off? I couldn't even take a 15-minute break. <laughs> Do you have this? Do you have that? Is that on sale? Everything in the front racetrack is on sale. Everything on the side and around the back. That's it. But going back to you guys' point is that's just, it's nuts that you, you're willing to spend all that money on something that you're not going to use, you're not going to need. The reason why you want it is because it's 30% off. And the heel right here, was it $7.4 billion? Are you freaking kidding me? Like, <laughs> like, you should definitely be with your family on Thanksgiving. You should be eating that turkey chicken. If you don't like turkey, you want to eat chicken. You should be hanging with family and friends and watching the uh, football, watching the game. But that's, dude, I'm telling you, guys, it's it's unbelievable what what a, what we Americans like to freaking attach to, man. Oh, my God, 50% off on a $1,000 TV. Oh, dude, I got like five TVs in my house. Why would I need that? Come on now. Like, save your money, go on vacation, or pay your bills, or get stuff that you need. That's something that you want. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest here. I'm guilty this year, okay? I never shopped on Black Friday, but this year I kind of got a little crazy. I got three hoodies. No, two actually two hoodies. I bought two hoodies. They was like twenty five percent off. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, and a long <laughs> and a long sleeve short. And what else did I get? Oh, that's it. But I kind of went a little crazy. Oh, that's man, not you, me. <laughs> you went real crazy there. Two hoodies and a shirt. Oh my god. Aaron, what <laughs> I was thinking. <laughs> no, and you broke thinking, the bank. <laughs> I did. I did because I was thinking because since I'm a Ghost Hunters fan, I know you guys ever grown up watching that yeah. with Jason and Grant back in the day. Grant bought it back, and Jason has something with with Steve and Dave. So I wanted to go ahead and support my my growing up because I grew up with with that show. I was I was like ten when they when I first saw it. It was like two thousand five. So I was ten. So I really and I'm really into it. So I had to get that. And then when I heard that OTH was coming out with something I'm like, hey, part you know part of me is Brandon marking other people it's not about me so i was like i gotta do it but at the, the second of the day i didn't even need it but going back like i said i 200 agree with you guys black friday is so overrated all right that that was a fun discussion we had there and aaron don't feel bad like compared to most no, people dude, like, like most people <laughs> be like jealous of you now like <laughs> <laughs> what i always find crazy is the people that get a tv every year it's like how do you need a new tv oh, every know, single man. year like what are you doing with the current one yeah, you got like oh 10 God. of them like laying around that, somewhere. that goes to <laughs> yeah. another problem too of like um e-waste which is a huge environmental issue uh all the rare earth minerals that go into these electronics that people just throw out and if you don't even dispose of this stuff properly that's a problem too like it's there's a lot of issues with black friday i, I didn't even think about the environmental impact until you just mentioned that but it's it's terrible all right so <laughs> we'll move on now to another NFL topic. I don't know how we go from that to NFL, but uh, <laughs> you guys are you guys are used to this, uh, Aaron. You and yes, RM we all. all the time. But uh, but all right. So we want to rebuild our team. So I guess we'll start Eric first. Um, I'll let I'll let you start, Eric. So the we're obviously Jaguars fans. Everybody knows that, and there's a lot of issues with the Jaguars. So between the two of us, we we split it up. Eric is going to take the offense and coaching, and I'm going to take the defense. So, Eric, start us off here. Yeah, I mean, obviously, 
for the coaching, we need pretty much new everything. I mean, we need a we need a new head coach. We need at least a new defensive coordinator. I mean, my guess is if we whatever new head coach comes in, he may not want to keep uh, our offensive coordinator uh, Filippo. Like he might be gone too. But I mean, they it pretty much and there might be a couple assistants I'd be willing to keep. But for the most part, like this coaching staff needs a complete rebuild. Like I know we talked about, you know, Ron Rivera and the Panthers, like maybe regretting that firing in the future. But if the Jaguars fire Doug Marone tomorrow, like they're not going to regret it. They're, oh, they're I'm throwing a party. Yeah. I would have joined. I would definitely love to join. You're right. I'm going to just, Thank I'll you. do a live stream on Twitch and we'll all celebrate together. You know, <laughs> they fire him tomorrow. Heck like, yeah. Heck the day yeah. he gets fired, which will probably be the Monday after the season. then uh we'll celebrate so they they need to just that's going to be the first part of the rebuild is they they need to get the right coaching staff in place and we need a new gm too like we knew like tom coughlin whatever executive vice president of football operations whatever you want to call that like he needs to be gone like i like my dad sent me a picture of his old fire tom coughlin hat when he was the coach and then he put like a post-it note that said like and Doug taped on it or something <laughs> like, <laughs> like fire everyone so but the Jacksonville Jaguars have in addition to the coaching problems we have they have a lot of holes on this team so the way I'm going about this rebuild rebuild is Unfortunately, I wouldn't necessarily want to do this, but I'm probably keeping the two quarterbacks, Gardner Minshew and Nick Foles. Nick Foles, I really would prefer not to keep, but there's two reasons. First of all, though, his salary cap number is ridiculous. Like, they're going to take such a, a huge cap hit if they get rid of him. So, unfortunately, really, they're more stuck with him than anything. But I'm also fine if they, with giving him another chance, because I feel like our offense was just so bad this year that they need, that I would like to see them get some upgrades and then maybe give him another chance and then maybe he can do a little better. And then if not, we do have Minshew, the rookie, who's on a super cheap deal. So I don't think I would draft a quarterback this year. I know some, Zach might disagree with that. We've kind of talked about this a little bit, but. Um, but that's probably what I would do for now, unless like by some miracle, like whatever our first pick ends up being, if like Joe Burrow slipped to us by some, if like the football gods were looking out for us somehow, then I would take like in that instance I would, but otherwise I'm probably not. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise I'm probably not, uh, taking a quarterback. So I'm keeping the quarterbacks. Leonard Fournette, I keep for the last year of his deal. I don't know if I would extend him, but I would keep him as the starter. And then I would also, DJ Chark has been a really good wide receiver. DD Westbrook is still, a, he's a pretty solid receiver for like a number two or three guy. And he's on a rookie deal, which is pretty cheap. So I'm keeping him. I'm keeping our right Taylor or right Taylor, right tackle Jawan Taylor, who was a rookie this year. I think he's been all right. But honestly, other than him, I'm probably I'm gutting as much of the offensive line as possible. Like Brandon Linder has been regressing. Andrew Norwell has been a 
big free agency bust with the amount of money we're paying him. Cam Robinson has been a bust as a second round draft pick. He has not lived up to the hype. AJ can, I don't even know why they brought him back. Like he needs to go. I'd probably coop Will Richardson, our backup guard. He's done well in spot duties. I'd keep him, but, uh, a, unless I'm just like not able to find anybody to replace some of these guys. Like if I feel like I have a decent, whether it's cheaper or better replacement, then all of those guys are going. And then at tight end, we have <laughs> garbage tight end too. The, like we have the worst tight end core in the NFL. I guarantee it. Like I'm actually the rape as at the time of our recording, the Ravens and jets are playing right now. And like, the, the Baltimore Ravens have, like, three tight ends that could probably be starters on most teams, like, all on their team. It just, like, makes me sick to watch that because <laughs> our tight ends are just so garbage, dude. Like, or as my as my favorite uh, sports podcast that I listen to, uh, Bruce Blitz, he would say, trash, 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 they're garbage. If anybody was wondering how I feel about the Jaguars tight ends, like, there you go. Like, Josh Oliver was a rookie, and he didn't get to play much this year. He was injured in the preseason. So probably keeping him to see, like, if maybe he can develop. And plus, he's on a cheap deal. But, like, Jeff Swain, I don't know what they – as he played for the Cowboys before. And with Susan being a Cowboys fan, I've seen a lot of Cowboys games. I don't know what the Jaguars saw in him when they brought him in, like, he had like the golden opportunity to take the starting tight end job when Jason went retired last year and he did nothing with it. But Jacksonville was like, bring him in. You know, like, I, I don't know what they were. <laughs> I do. Well, and I guess I will say you know, when the Steelers picked up Dante Moncrief, right? Well, yeah, that, but see the Jaguars signed him first. Like, so, but yeah, I'm glad Dante Moncrief is gone. But anyway, um, James O'Shaughnessy was solid though, before he got hurt. So, I'd be willing to keep him too, but the Jaguars need a, they need to find a way to get like a true legit tight end one. I mean, I, I have a question real quick, Eric. Sure. Are you going to keep Cedric O'Boyhe, our backup left tackle to play tight end? Because that's what he plays right now is tight end. Are you going to keep him? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, okay, no. Good. <laughs> Not, uh, I, I don't know what that's, that's how bad. bad. And it's gotten guys like literally our backup left tackle plays tight end. Like I, <laughs> I don't know what they saw when they brought him, and he's not a good lineman yeah, either. But I mean, honestly, like I'm always known as the ranter on this podcast. I guess you kind of got like a little mini rant about the Jaguars tight ends there. But I mean, I could just go on for like hours upon hours about all of the problems that the Jaguars have. But I am going to limit myself and stop myself there on the offense, and I'm going to let. Zach take over on what he feels like the Jaguars need to do defensively. All right, thanks. So there's a lot of problems that Eric talked about, and I think these problems on the defense, I think there's more defensive problems than the offensive problems. Um, Which that that's that's saying for, a lot, folks. Yeah, a lot of bad problems on the offensive side of the ball. First and <laughs> yeah, so first and foremost, it starts at the firing of Todd Wash, which Eric said. Is, should happen, and I agree. And they need to bring someone else in, and, and I think they need to switch our scheme to a 3-4 based on our personnel because that's really the best personnel for Josh Allen. And I don't think Ngakwe has played 3-4. He might have played it in college, but, I mean, the Jaguars haven't ever used that. So 
basically for simple terms on YouTube, you can see kind of what a 3-4 looks like here. So you've got a nose tackle here, Avery Jones. I'm cool with him coming back. Uh, he's been on this team a while. Like I'm cool with him as our nose tackle. He's not the he's not the best, but we definitely have a lot bigger needs in replacing him. And then the other tackle that's going to be on the outside lined up on the tackle here, kind of replacing Calais Campbell, is going to be Taven Bryan. Um, I'm not thrilled about this, but with all the other holes, realistically, realistically, like Calais Campbell's contract is going to be way too much for them to keep. If they don't, if they're not able to restructure it, I'm highly confident he's not going to be on the team. And they brought in Taven Bryan to for this position. I will say he is really strong. Like he's probably. He can probably rival Calais in strength, but his awareness is just – that needs to change because he'll – sometimes it looks like a guy just, like, runs right by him and he doesn't even know what happened. Like, his awareness is so bad. But these question marks are going to be replacement plea people. So I don't think um, – I don't think Smoot's the answer for the D-line. I think he's a good rotational piece, but they need another person in here on the edge. And then the reason you go to a 3-4 is this is also assuming they bring back Ngakwe on a franchise tag most likely. But Ngakwe is this guy over here on the right side, and then I'm, that's Josh Allen on the left. But I really think this 3-4 scheme would work a lot better than what they've got going on now. And linebackers, it's that's just a terrible situation right now. So you've got Miles Jack, but they're going to need to get somebody else because Jake Ryan's going to be gone. They're obviously going to be cutting him. He's like the ultimate ghost. Like nobody knows where Jake Ryan was for half the season. Like Doug Marone in a press conference is like, what do you think about Jake Ryan? He's like, I haven't seen Jake Ryan in like five weeks. Like who knows what even happened. <laughs> like it's crazy. I've never seen a situation where a guy was on a team, but nobody knew where he was. Like he, he literally, was just on an island he, or for something. For those of you that, for those of you listening that aren't like Jags fans or you, like you don't know who Jake Ryan is, like, He's a linebacker. We brought him from the Packers. I think he's probably like the first free agent signing in Jacksonville Jaguars history that like maybe didn't even go to a practice. Like we like no one. I don't even think he played it down in the preseason. Like no, no one he knows. Did. Oh, he did. Okay. Why? Well, no, I, I don't think he. I don't. Know. Oh, I don't he, think he. Oh, you did. don't think he did? Yeah. yeah so it's like I don't. I didn't watch every game. But I was like I don't remember seeing him. Like I, this guy got dude. He robbed us blind, bro. Like, oh, I know. But anyways, where he, I don't know, man. I, yeah. He took the cash and ran. He did. Totally. Give me that. Like, give me that. Give, give me that guaranteed money, and All I'm right. just gonna not show up. But anyway, <laughs> Telvin Smith. Right, that got... uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> Telvin Smith. That that threw a whole loop in all this stuff because he's got something going on outside of football. I think it's pretty obvious with the SWAT raid that was at his house, but. Which we still don't know what that was about. Like, on, like I've been, I've been searching it up, like Telvin Smith, and there's like, there's nothing on the internet that said what happened. Like, it's just total rumors going out that he was like a mastermind of a drug operation. Like, I don't know what's going on with him, but he used to be our star linebacker two seasons ago. But anyways, you're gonna need to address linebacker depth um, for sure. And then these are the the guys pictured though should definitely stay on this team next year and then we'll go to the secondary so i like dj hayden is probably the best secondary guy we've got he's the guy on the right upper right here 
I think he's a really good nickel corner. And realistically, they're probably going to have to bring back A.J. Boye, even though he definitely has regressed. There's just no better alternative at this point. They're already going to – I put another question at the other corner spot. They're already going to need to bring in someone else. I don't think Trey Herndon's the answer. You know, in an ideal world, Trey Herndon, who's starting right now, is like your fourth corner. Like, he's a good fourth corner, but starting, he's definitely not a good starting corner. So I've got that – yeah, I've got that as a question mark. They're going to have to get that through draft. And then the safeties, I still think they can improve on. you got Ronnie Harrison down here on the left and Jared Wilson down on the right. They're not the greatest safeties by any means, but with all the other holes and stuff on this team and the fact that they're on cheap deals, they're probably going to be back. And I don't see the Jags spending in free agency on a safety, but uh, – and I don't see them drafting highly of a, on a safety concerning all the other needs, but these guys are definitely not like locked in all stars or anything like that. They're just only starting because they have to. Like I've, you know, I'm realistic about this. I'm not gonna say okay, every player's cut. Like that's just that can't happen. So that's why these guys are gonna be back. That's why Boye is gonna be back, and Hayden over here is the only deserving one to be back. Um, and then defensively, the deserving ones are probably Allen and Ngakwe. These other guys aren't deserving, but they have to. So there's a lot there, guys. But um, <laughs> Zach, are you gonna this... are you gonna come on the episode and rant if the Jaguars don't bring back Yannick Ngakwe? I will. I, I really. Will. I mean, I'm still waiting on getting that jersey. Like, I I will get a jersey of his, but until they bring him they need to sign him on an extension they can't franchise tag him they have to sign him on an extension and they messed up by not doing that instead they paid miles jack another example of poor management but um we'll we'll cut for time here and let you guys talk about your teams (laughs) all right so pittsburgh steelers let's go um i mean i'm overall like given the situation that we had this year with you know all the injuries and all the you know hoopla and drama in the offseason like I am really 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 happy that we're 8-5 right now I mean I remember I think you know we go back in the past on this podcast when I had mentioned like I had given up on the Steelers I was like you know I'm just going to reserve myself to that this is going to be a bad year and it was like I think I said, like, when we played Cincinnati, that was going to be, like, the last time I picked us to win a game. But somehow the team found something, and I, we're doing really good this year. So, I mean, if I'm going to start with the offense, I'd say the offense is probably where the – I mean, there's not a whole lot of changes that I think need to be made anywhere. I mean, a quarterback, obviously, I do think Roethlisberger needs to come back because I've said this many times before, Mason Rudolph is not the answer. So – I mean, I'd question how much longer he's going to be in Pittsburgh after how he performed this year. And so, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Devlin Hodges so far has performed well. I mean, after he was he was the fourth-string quarterback going into the, into the preseason, but then after we traded Josh Dobbs to Jacksonville and then, you know, Mason Rudolph got hit in the helmet by <laughs> – got hit in the head by Miles Garrett. Uh, but, you know, Devlin Hodges came in, and so far, I mean, he's – Three and O is a starter now, so I mean I like it, I like it. But Roethlisberger's going to need to come back, and possibly in the draft, maybe we can try and you know look for another 
another quarterback, like, you know, just to develop and play underneath Roethlisberger and, you know, because Roethlisberger's not going to play forever. So even though he says, you know, he just got another extent, a new extension, he's going to play out the last two years of this contract. Who knows if that's going to be, you know, his final time considering how many injuries he's had. So um, the quarterback I think is good. I like the running back situation we have right now. I mean, at first, I thought James Conner was going to have to be, like, he was going to be the main rusher, and then, you know, Samuels is going to be the uh, pass-catching back. But I like kind of the commit the three-back committee we have going here right now with James Conner, Jalen Samuels, and Benny Snell. Um, I wasn't terribly optimistic about Benny Snell. I think that was one of the questions that Zach asked me uh, when we did mm-hmm. our AFC North preview. But I have to say, he's been doing pretty good, so... Um, I like having him around. The only question I have for James Conner is, can he stay healthy? Because he's had injury problems the last two seasons, and I feel like if that continues next season, then unless Benny Snell develops into, you know, kind of like a workhorse back, then we're going to be needing to look for another running back, maybe in free agency, uh, not so much in the draft. Wide receivers, um, I said I was excited about our wide receiver group this year. I mean, I kind of have to take back what I said about James Washington, I thought he was going to suck, but he's actually played, you know, quite decently. His Juju Smith-Schuster has been injured, and Deontay Johnson, I was hyped about him from the start of the year, and he's done a really decent job. In the, I mean, returning punts, too. He had an 86-yard punt return last week or something like that, so um, I like that. Biggest question on offense going into the offseason is going to be tight end, because Vance McDonald, while he's a really good tight end, He's A, injury-prone, and B, his contract is up after this year. Now, we did bring in Nick Vanette on a one-year deal, so which means that his contract is going to be up, too. So, if I'm the Steelers, I say keep Nick Vanette and let Vance McDonald walk, because I think Vance McDonald's going to be asking for too much money, and the Steelers are already, you know, don't have that much cap room to play with. So, I think Nick Vanette's going to be the cheaper option. He'll be better, and then maybe we can you know, get somebody in the offseason to kind of pair with Nick Vanette. Um, so that's going to be a little bit of a question mark. The offensive line is still really good. Um, you know, they've kind of underperformed a little bit this year, but when you've got three pro bowlers on your offensive line, you know, there's no reason to get rid of any of them. I mean, the only question mark, I think, is Matt Filer at right tackle, but he's going to be a free agent, so we're probably going to have a new right tackle next year. But um, the other four guys, Villanueva, Foster, Pouncey, and DeCastro, are all solid offensive linemen. Uh, but then moving on to the defense, I know the Steelers are going to be really happy next year when uh, Stephon Tuitt comes back from injury. I was really uh, worried when I saw he went down with an injury because that meant that Tyson Alualu was going to have to play in that spot. So... He's not exactly inspiring, but when Tua comes back from injury, he'll be really good. Devon Hargrave, his contract is coming to an end. We should be able to bring him back for pretty cheap. I mean, you know, he's on a rookie deal right now, but I don't see any reason why we can't bring him back for cheap. He's just a standard nose tackle. And the Steelers have always run and will continue to run a 3-4 defense, so we need a big nose tackle like Hargrave, and I like him. Cameron Hayward is a pro bowler. P.J. Watt is a defensive player of the year candidate. And um, and then at middle linebacker, I like the dynamic we have at middle linebacker, kind of having three middle linebackers to go with. I'm not sure what's going to happen with Ryan Shazier, if they're going to give him, like, a base contract so that he can, you know, keep getting the services of, like, you know, the NFL 
uh, like health benefits and everything because they've been keeping him on the roster to, so that he can get that help. Um, I don't see him ever playing football again, despite how much I know he wants to. But I'll be interested to see what they do with that because his contract is coming to an end this year. So, you know, maybe they might just give him a base contract or something or they'll let him walk. I don't know. I know the Steelers organization is very committed to helping him. So we'll see how that goes. But the three tandem that we have in the middle with Vince Williams, Mark Barron, and Devin Bush. Devin Bush, he's been kind of been taking a back seat this year, which I think is good for him. You know, play behind the veterans. Mark Barron's been around a long time. You know, was originally a safety, but moved up to playing linebacker. And Vince Williams, he was the voice on the defense when Ryan Stazier went down. So, um, Bud Dupree, there's been talk that the Steelers might transition tag him uh, because we did not pick up his fifth-year option. So I wouldn't say he's a necessity to bring back because, you know, he's been okay rushing the passer, but T.J. Watt and Cameron Hayward already kind of do that, you know, well enough anyway, and Stephon Tewitt also. So I'm not sure that Bud Dupree is a necessity. I think the Steelers are going to have to wait and see how much money he asks for because he's also still on his rookie deal. So if he asks for anything even slightly too high, the Steelers are going to let him go and they're not going to be worried. Um, And then the secondary – this problem that the Steelers had for years and years and years, and finally we got the secondary right. I mean, and they're all still going to be under contract. Joe Hayden, Steven Nelson as the corners. I do hope that the Steelers bring back Mike Hilton as the nickel corner. His contract's going to be running out this year, but he's a really good cornerback, so I hope the Steelers can bring him back to just act as like the nickel corner. And then Terrell Edmonds and Minka Fitzpatrick at the safety positions are fantastic. So... Uh, not too much I'd have to change with this team. I mean, I think it was just losing the quarterback really hurt us from the start. But now that we've finally got the defense in order, if we can get Roethlisberger back next year and the defense can keep playing at the level they are, then this team is going to be right back in the Super Bowl contention, I think. Very interesting. All right. So now, Aaron, tell us about the Panthers. What changes do they need to make? Oh, where do I start, guys? Okay. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> We have a lot, a lot of stuff to go over this offseason. It's going to be about what David Temple wants to do with the quarterback position. Cam Newton's guaranteed contract is up. We don't owe him nothing. At the end of this year, we can make him walk. He's a $20 million cap hit if we you know, give it to him. But it's when he's not guaranteed next year, so we can say goodbye. I hope that they bring Cam back. There was a report out that David did say that he, that he wants Cam to be his future quarterback. I would like to give him a three-year contract extension, maybe. But if not, if we keep losing, which I, which you know, honestly, I, you know, I love my Panthers, but there's 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 a diamond in this draft that I really really want to target, and that is Oregon quarterback Justin Herbert. So with that said, is if Carolina does get an eighth eighth over pick or tenth over pick, I hope we don't win no more games. I want us to do the Dolphins kind of type thing and tank, and maybe trade up, trade up to go get. To, uh, to go get my guy because I like him that much. I think he'll be a safe bet for us. Even if we decide to keep Cam, we're going to have Justin Herbert maybe sit for a year and then ship Cam out. I, w- I would love a maybe one-year deal maybe. Like I said, maybe a three-year. But if we get Herbert, then make that like a one-year thing to let him develop behind Cam. But safe, t- uh, we definitely, James Bradbury, second-round pick we got when David Gutterman was a GM. Great pick there. He's in the contract deal. I'd like to bring him back. I don't think we're going to. We give Shaq Thompson that big guaranteed money. I don't know if you guys saw that or not a couple weeks ago. 
I wish I liked Sha- Shaq Thompson, but I wish we didn't give him that kind of money. I wish that money would have went straight to James Bradbury, the guy's been a lockdown corner for the last two to three seasons. So his, like I said, his rookie deal is coming up uh, off the books. So we got to figure out what we're going to do there. Safety, Eric Reed. We signed Eric Reed to a $22 million deal this past offseason. He's been good, but then he's been crapping the bed a lot. Uh, we need to figure out what's going, what's going to happen with the safety positions, going back to, uh, like I said, with the cornerbacks, because Dante Jackson is still up to bait with him. He's not all that. He's been struggling the last couple of weeks, giving up uh, long touchdown passes. So we see how that goes. Uh, linebackers, you know it, the one and only legend, number uh, number 59, Luke Keekley, still one of the best <laughs> in the business. I love him. He's going to be good. Future Hall of Famer, no doubt in my mind. His numbers are still going to keep climbing. Uh, he's going to be solid for us going into his age 30, 31 season. I think we got like two years, three years left on him. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, on on Also on the D-line, we've been really hurt. Uh, we brought in Jeff McCoy out of Tampa Bay, a division rival. He's been on and off the field with injuries. Uh, we lost K. Ron Short, known as KK, to a season injury, so that was kind of hurt us a lot. So we got to see what we're going to go with there. We're paying him a lot of money, base salary, guaranteed money. So we're going to see what we're going to do with that, if we're going to trade him or release him, depending on how the contract's uh, set up. I don't remember that. Uh, our, our offense line is still a crapshoot. We can't protect the quarterback. Kyle Allen's holding the ball too long. He's getting sacked. He's fumbling. He's throwing interceptions. Uh, we we need maybe get a little deeper offensive line right though because of we definitely struggling there. We need to protect the passer. So if Cam does come back, Cam does come back, we have to protect Cam because Cam is a fragile glass. You can't sneeze on him. You got to put him that. You got if you tackle him, they'll uh, they'll uh, defense. You have to sing him a lullaby. You have to put him down nice and easy. He's a glass safe, you know, vase. You cannot tackle him really really hard. Okay, he's been banged up in his career. Um, so going on that, I'm I'm not happy with this season. I'm beyond what what Eric was saying earlier with the way that and Connor with you guys' team. I'm really disappointed. I was really hoping to make a playoff push this year. I was hungry for for some, but it ain't going to happen. Again, my guys in the draft. I hope that David Temple is looking at him. We'll see where he falls. But on the end of the day, Carolina has to clean up a lot. We have a lot of stuff to clean up. Started on defense, then working way down the offense. So we'll see what the next next year to two years. I say we got again. We're going to probably have to rebuild if Cam is not back. We're going to have to take another three seasons, three seasons, four season rebuild. There's no doubt it's gonna we're going to get it overnight. So that's my take on my team, and I love my Panthers. So patient, patient is the key. We're definitely going to get that Super Bowl. Nice. Yeah. Just so don't get it before the Jazz. <laughs> We came into the NFL at the same time. I want the Jaguars to get the Super Bowl first. <laughs> I love it, Eric. I love it. Yeah, once, once the Jaguars get one, then I'm totally cool with the Panthers getting one. But the Jags have to get it first. But what happens if, it, what happens if the Panthers get a full still? Eric, you want to text me and just go, just say, oh, I can't roast you now. Shoot. Yeah. Shoot. Well, I mean, the Panthers, have, even, though they haven't, even though they haven't won one yet, they've at least been twice, whereas the Jags haven't even been yet. So, I mean, y- y'all got us right now. But if, if we get an actual Super Bowl win first, I will have that on you. But, but like, <laughs> yeah, please roast me. Please have me guest on, uh, on, on the worry, show Aaron. and roast I'll, me. I'll give you, if Aaron's not available, I'll give you crap if the Panthers win first. <laughs> yeah, well, the, uh, the thing is, is that uh, – with based on what Zach and I said about the Jags and uh, 
what Aaron just said about his team, it's probably going to be a while before either of our teams are in that conversation. So the, this roast will not be happening anytime soon, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, I would no. love to get roasted by Eric. It be an honor. Be honest, man. It would definitely we'll be like 70 years old. Aaron, the Jaguars won. The <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't take that long, but, you know. <laughs> Please. Hey, well, my, my, my dad's been waiting for, you know, 50 plus years for the Bills to win a Super Bowl, so you never know, man. Well, that's true. That's true. I, that's a good point. They've I, been there four times. Five times. Four times. Four times in a row. Yeah, four times and in a row, yeah. Four. Yeah, with Jim Kelly. All right. Ooh. So if, uh, if Shad Khan, if you're listening to this, I will accept the general manager job of the Jaguars, just to let you know, in case you're wondering, Shad. <laughs> Uh, Eric, Zach will bring me on to be the executive vice of course. president. Yeah, you can be the new Tom Coughlin. <laughs> you know, like I, I, I work at the restaurant right now, but you know, give me the position and I will move back to Jacksonville for you. Yeah, I just let me know. <laughs> let me know. We, I mean, we will get this at, done. <laughs> look at what Zach and I just presented. We, yeah. we got a case. We right here, guys. Doing. Right here. Three four. That's the start of the defense. You got to change it to a three four. But um, yeah, this is a yeah, this is a fun episode, guys. Uh, we talked about a lot of great things. Had a lot of improv moments too. Aaron, I gotta say, man, this is one of the more enjoyable episodes that we've had in a long time. So thank you a lot for coming on this. I really, I really appreciate you guys having me and. Looking forward to do some collaborations with you guys. Really enjoy you guys. You guys show really inspires me a lot. So that's why I watch you guys. And like I said, it's, I love I love the way that you guys talk about sports. I'm a sports fanatic. And like I said, it was an honor to meet you guys and get a chance to do an actual show with my favorite, my the favorite podcast, No Smoke. I'm not blowing smoke up your butt. This is I'm seriously coming from the heart, guys. I really, I really, I really dig you guys. You guys are cool. I enjoy interacting with you guys on a daily basis word thank you so much much, bro you you put you you said that you said that beautifully (laughs) i don't know how to i don't know know what to say yeah yeah. like a mic drop moment right there (laughs) totally yes i just had a bro moment i you know i think i'm gonna cry it's like (laughs) yeah it's like real quick tangent here but like uh, the radio station i listen to here they always have they take calls and then usually they give out a prize or something money and stuff and then at the end of it they're always like what radio station rocks the bay? And then they always say, 98 Rock. Like, if I asked you, like, what what sports podcast rocks, you would say? Clutch Crew Sports all the way. No smoke. I'm not being BS. <laughs> all the way. Clutch Crew, baby. Let's get it. All right, oh. guys. <laughs> We're out. Peace. Bye. Peace.